Friends beyond binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Oh boy, I hope you're comfortable uh, or getting comfortable. Or, uh, my, you know, as I say, when I'm in most situations by myself or with other people, there's usually a long pause like that while I try to dis- dis- decide what the degree of comfortability, realistic comfortability. That's what we're all. Uh, Yeah, that's what I've been searching for. So realistically, I hope you have a realistic level of comfort. But more than that, I'd like to increase that just a little bit on that dial. And you might say, who and what are you? Are you qualified to comfort anything? And I'd say, I think I I I am. Uh, As somebody who sat in, uh, like I said, well, I'm a bit uncomfortable here. If I take that tone with myself and I say, okay, I see you're a bit uncomfortable here. I think it's going to be okay. I'm talking about out in the world, right? But I said, like, I'm using that same intention, not just tone. The tone comes from the intention. I say, yeah, I hope you're getting a little bit more comfortable as I ramble on and on and on. So that's where I'm coming from. Where am I going? No, no idea. Because it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep and keep you company. While you fall asleep, or it's here to keep you company while you fall asleep, that's how you get to sleep, ideally. Now, if you're new to the show, it is very different. You probably already noticed that. It is very strange, but it's friendly. It does take a few tries to get used to the podcast. and make the show one because I can relate uh, to not being able to trouble staying asleep or falling asleep or waking up too early. Um but also, you deserve a good night's sleep. That's why I make the show. So even if this podcast doesn't work, I hope you find something else. I'll give you some resources at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you to check out. But I hope this podcast does like hundreds of thousands and maybe a million people have said, give it a two or three tries. That's how long it takes to realize, oh, this makes perfect sense now that this podcast never made any sense. You could call it like it's almost like the spare. Ch- I'm like the spare change jar. The forgotten spare change jar. That could be an, that could be another episode of Sleeping. Somebody remind me of that. But I'm glad you're here. Uh, coming up, we'll have uh, support. That's how we get to be free twice a week. Then there'll be a long meandering intro, which which is a show within a show meant to ease you into bedtime, and then a bedtime story. So I'm so glad you're here, and thanks for making it possible, my patron peeps. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake. Whether that's thoughts on your mind about the past, the present, or the future. Those thoughts you're thinking about. It could be feelings, anything coming up for you emotionally related to those thoughts or to, to that are just there, that are left over. Oh boy, those feelings. Feelings. At bedtime, I have them. Uh, <laughs> particularly. It could be physical sensations. It could be changes in your time, your temperature, your routine. You could be going somewhere, you could be visiting somewhere, you could have a guest coming. Or you know what, it could just be, 
it's it's just like that for a lot of us. Uh, you know, there are there's a percentage of listeners who come in and you got something coming up and you're looking for some relief. And then there's people that come in for one of the seasons of their lives and they move on. But there's a lot of us, and I, you know, that's what I've made like 1,100 episodes. That uh, it's kind of an ongoing situation that uh, that for me I manage, and I hope sleep with me, whatever it is, uh, I hope it can help you fall asleep. Now this show is a bit different. I'll just give you a heads up right away. Hopefully, I gave you one earlier too, because uh, you said this is right away. I say, well, you know, this is a meandering show. This show does not work for everybody. But for the people it works for, it takes two or three tries to get used to for most people. Some people get it right away. But for a lot of people, you you have an expectation. You've been having trouble sleeping. You've tried a lot of other stuff. And then someone either told you about the podcast or you searched and you found it. And I'm glad you're here. But just give it a few tries because this show, it's just different than expectations. And I'll tell you more about it. But there's two reasons I make the show. One, I kind of explained. I've been there. And not only do I know how it feels, there's hundreds of thousands of people listening right now that know how it feels in the deep, dark night. They might not know exactly what you're going through, but there's a lot of people out there nodding their heads saying, yeah, it's tough. I know how it feels. Uh, Or I can relate or I can imagine what that would be like. And they mean it. The people nodding their heads that are awake, uh, they mean it. And I mean it because I've been there, uh, tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. And also the one that doesn't fit, I guess it fits with trouble staying asleep, waking up way too early. So whatever it is, um, that's one reason we make the show. The other reason is, is way simpler. You deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a place you can get some rest, get comfortable, take your mind off of stuff, and have a bedtime you can feel neutral about or look forward to. So I'm glad to be able to help uh, if I can. Uh, it really means a lot to me because if you get the if you get the rest you need, your life's going to be more manageable tomorrow. And that really means if you're getting the rest you need, you could be you know you could be a little bit you you know at your best or I don't know if I've ever been at my best, but but at my pretty good. Like flourishing is what I really mean. And that means the world we live in is a better place if your world's a better place. So that's important. And the way I do it is I send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. So it means like I'll get mixed up. I'll go off topic. Oh, creaky, dulcet tones is like my voice. It's not traditionally soothing. It's a uh, creaky dulcet. Uh, it's distracting, and you say it's mildly okay. It's uh, it's it's mediocre in a way that uh, isn't an insult. It, but it's it's a it's a factual statement. I, I guess you could say mediocrity feels like mediocrity most of the time is so judgmental. In this case. It's more, I guess, like I've used this metaphor a lot on the podcast, but. Uh, I forget what the person's name is. It's not Little Bo Peep uh, and uh, not a, that goes, she goes to the place where the bears live and she tests out all their stuff and she says, oh, this one's just right. Too warm, too cold, too big, too small, too soft, too hard, just right. 
Sleep with me, you're more like, it's not bad. I mean, you wouldn't say it's just, well, you say you would after two or three tries. You say, this is just right because I don't need to listen to it. It's barely, it's mediocre. So I kind of just barely listen. Maybe I, other thing could be, this is usually the correct answer. I might not know what mediocre means. Talk about mediocre state. You say, talk about, what do they call it? What, what, what was on my, some of my report cards? Uh, something in mediocrity. At some point, you know, like a glorious, or t- you know, not glorious, but uh, steeped in mediocrity. I'd say maybe that's how I got mediocre. Maybe you should have steeped me in something that's a little bit better quality. Like, uh, but you can't, if I'm steeped in mediocrity, you know, you know, put me in some fresh water then or something. Like, what do they call that? Uh, <laughs> I'm having trouble with words today, but uh, takes pride in his mediocrity. That was definitely on one of my report cards at some point. Prideful and mediocre. But uh, at the same time, pridefully mediocre, mediocre, and probably mediocre in my pride. Uh, so whatever, it, what was I talking about? Uh, oh, I'm going to send my voice across the, oh, my voice. Yeah, that's a voice. It's uh, a voice you just barely listen to. I'll explain a little bit more about that. But I send it across the deep, dark night using lulling, soothing tones, creaky dulcet tones, <laughs> Lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, and superfluous tangents. Those other two are what we've kind of already seen is I go off topic, and then I double back, and then I get mixed up. And I say, what was that? It's not bad. I, Goldilocks. Okay, see there. That was a point like uh, that was where I say Goldilocks. What was I talking about that made me think about Goldilocks? And mediocre, where you said, it's just not bad, uh, bar- not barely listenable, but uh, you don't have to listen to it. It doesn't matter anyway. Uh, <laughs> I was just trying to remember. But so I go off topic, I get mixed up, all to keep you company so that you could fall asleep. This is show, believe it or not, does not is not here to put you to sleep. This is the only sleep podcast, like I started making this show back in 2013, and it's not here to put you to sleep. It's here to keep you company while you fall asleep. I'm here to be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar bud, your boar sib, your boar bestie, your boar burr, your neighbor, your boar bud, your boar bruh. Whatever term you're comfortable with. Uh, the boar guy, that's another one people call me. Or that boring guy. And um, I'm here to keep you company. Whether you're awake or asleep, there's no pressure to fall asleep because I'm here for an hour to keep you company. And there's people that listen all night long. And there's other people out there. If you can't sleep, you're not alone either. There's people listening along that are dealing with something or dealing with a kind of insomnia that they're looking for company in the deep dark night, distraction that puts some people to sleep and keeps some people company. And that's kind of what works about the show. I'm keeping you company, even if you're not listening to me and you're not awake. Like kind of, this is rarely, there's rarely an idealized version of this in my mind, but like imagining a a grandmotherly figure sitting by a fireplace in a rocking chair knitting. And she says, I'll be knitting, I'll be here keeping you, I'll be here knitting as a presence, a loving, warm presence all night long. I mean, that's my own personal issues why I struggle with that as an archetype, but, uh. You say, I'll be here just knitting and rocking, 
Do you, is my rocking okay? Is it? Oh boy, is it? Uh, I'm not, Grandma. Do you mind, imaginary Grandma? Do you mind if I say you rock? Uh, or you rocked? Uh, you rocked like to that song. You rocked so far, so far today. Like if they, if if your rocker had a distance meter, Peloton would probably call you. Oh, stop! Yeah, you're well. Don't stop rocking. Put, can you put that on a? Oh, you're knitting. You're not a, whatever that's called, stitching or whatever, uh, pointalizing pillows. Uh, but yeah, maybe you could uh, say, Grandma, don't stop rocking. I mean, that's probably already a shirt out there. I would assume. Is there rocking chair clubs? Uh, here's an idea. Never done it. Sleep with me. But there's a couple places. I think there's one restaurant that has rocking chairs on its front. I don't know. Let's if anybody's actually listening right now. Let's kind of start to create a database of uh, places with multiple rocking chairs. There used to be some place in Disneyland or Disney World, but then it became the smoking area, so it's not really good for rocking anymore. I wouldn't want Grandma. I wouldn't want you rocking there. Uh, but maybe they changed their policy recently so you could get back to rock. We could go back there and rock. Uh, how do we get here? I don't know, Grandma, but I'm glad you're here symbolically to be rocking and keeping me company and soothing me. Just like I, that's my job for the listeners. So it's a podcast you don't listen to either. Like, uh, I'm here to keep you company with my rocking. And you can listen. I'll be here, like I said, for an hour. But you don't need to. You could just kind of barely listen. So it doesn't put you to sleep. You don't really need to listen to it. Those are two hard things. Also, the fact that, uh, you know, most people are like, when does this show get started? I say, oh, boy, it already started. It's it's already been brought in, but it's not been brought. I'm always been I'm always been brought in because uh, I'm bringing it somewhere. And they say, where was that? What am I bringing? What, 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 well, let me check my pockets again. What was that? Where was I bringing it? Oh, it's already been brought in? No, but I'm supposed to bring it somewhere. You see, what are you combining um, the that uh, cheerleading movie whose title you can't set it off or whatever with uh, Abbott and Castello? If Abbott and Castello were in a cheerleading movie, that's what they, they'd say. Has it been brung? Is it bring, brung, brung? No, probably not. Okay. Uh is that, uh, anyway, okay, wow, we've covered a lot of ground here. Just like if, how come, there's, this is an honest question. Apple, like, uh, you know, you can, you can check my activities. Is there a rocking chair setting for Apple activities? You see, because it does take, it does take energy. You see, you've rocked, uh, Grandma. I would love to say that. So, Grandma, let me check your uh, health stats. Grandma, you rocked 40 miles this week. Uh, I would get a shirt. My grandma rocked 40 miles. This, my grandma rocks 40 miles a week. That would probably be good because then people would act. It would be, that'd be probably a good shirt for an introvert to have because uh, people would say, what, do you, what does that mean? And I'd say, well, uh, I haven't won. Well, a couple of things. Let's start off with uh, some facts. My, my, any grandmas I have are living within my imagination. Two, I created an imaginary invention or add-on to my grandma's a, uh, what do you call that, where someone's uh, 
prolific rocker in a rocking chair. She prol- prolifically rocks, uh, so much so that we started uh, monitoring her rocking for distance. And you'd say, how do you mind? Well, imagine you're rocking somewhere, trying to go somewhere. Probably go about four inches per rock, maybe two. Okay, we'll, we'll do three inches. Each rock covers three inches, uh, depending on, you're right, depending on the speed and the frequency. Of course, of course, of course. So anyway, we got it. We've got some sort of uh, sports scientist uh, coming in from another part of my imagination. So you sure? Should we do it in? uh, Of course, we should do it in metric. I love that idea. I've got to put these listeners to sleep, though. So, oh, the thing is, the podcast takes getting used to because it's so different. It never gets started. I just went off topic about that for five minutes, Uh, and that can be frustrating if you're new. But just see how it goes. So I'll tell you the structure of the show. What was my point, though? Oh, this, if you don't if you don't like the show, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you has other stuff to check out and listen, like other podcasts and sleepy stuff. So structurally, the show is structured in a very intentional way to hit some intentional purposes. But the great thing about podcasts between playlists and settings, you can kind of as you become a regular listener, control it in whatever app you use. But the show follows a very set structure because, one, it starts off with a greeting, friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Then I say something else. So hopefully you feel seen and welcomed in, and you get the tone of the show. Okay, this this person's a little bit me- me- mediocre, funny. and medi- he's, Yeah, he doesn't, he can't... <laughs> There you go. That summed it up. He's mediocre at describing his uh, mediocre mediocre humor. It has some mediocre humor. Room temperature humor. That sounds like something they'd say in a uh, like an old movie or something. Like uh, that Watson would say to Holmes. Uh, so, oh, what was I talking? Like, uh, oh, that's the greeting. Then there's support for the show because the goal of the show is to come out twice a week for free. And that paying for it or supporting it is optional, which empowers some people, but gives most people freedom to say, hey, I'm not in a position to do so or I'm tired. And uh, so it comes out free. Don't even have to, like, uh, do anything. But that's thanks to the listeners who support the show directly and the listeners who support our sponsors. Then there's support for listeners who are having a tough time. Then there's support for communities around the show. Then there's the intro, which we're in. And sometimes people lump the support and the intro together, and I feel bad. I mean, I guess that maybe then we're not going to like the show anyway, but I feel like people miss out on the intro, at least at first, because the intro, it can't get to know me in a way where you say, oh boy, I got to know you, know you well enough to say, yeah, I could sleep to this person's rambling. So that's a, one of the goals of the intro. But the other one is that it's a part of the wind down for a lot of listeners. So there's like 2% of listeners that skip the, skip, the, skip the intro. There's probably a couple percentage of listeners that fall asleep during it. But for most people, they're either getting comfortable in bed or they're getting ready for bed or they're doing some sort of other relaxing activity. And that's just part of like what I found. Like I said, how I manage my sleep is having a wind down routine. 
And the more I kind of stick to it or find things or, or say, oh, let me go back to that, uh, the more likely I am to have success most nights, but not all nights. So that's uh, the intro. Then there's support after the intro. Again, so the show could be free twice a week. Then there's our story. Tonight it'll be uh, me talking about, it'll be knocks in a bottle, I think, talking about my dog, Co and I, and an adventure we had in our hobby listening to knocks, which I'll explain more later, but you could sleep through it. You, you won't miss out on much. Then there's thank yous at the end. So that's the structure of the show. That's why I make the show. I'm really glad you're here. I really appreciate you coming by, and I really hope I can help you get some sleep. And here's a couple ways I'm able to do it for free twice a week. All right, everybody, it's uh, um, time for, uh, like, tales rarely told. This will be a Knox. I don't think we've done it. I always hate saying this because I I don't think we've done a Knox episode in a while. And that's K O N K N K N O C K S. So not K N O X or Knox K N O X or N O X or N O C K S. Holy cow! It's, this is a Knox episode, which is uh, takes a little bit of setting up, uh, but this one's a little bit of an adventure. My dog Ko and I went on. And uh, so Cohen, because a lot of people say, Scoots, how do you unwind? Not how do I fall asleep, but, you know, what do you do to relax? What are your hobbies? Are your hobbies imaginary or real? Like all the fan fiction you write uh, about uh, who I don't even, that you don't remember, you know, like that episode of uh, The Imaginary Office with Michael Scott and Bartlett's Book of Quotations, which is probably a real office episode, but... uh, you wrote a fan fiction episode. You didn't. You intended to. And I said, yeah, me and my dog, Cohen, I, we do have a hobby. Oh, boy, do we, which is listening to Knox. Uh, and, it, like, some people are giggling. Those are regular listeners uh, because it, it's just something I don't only talk about every couple of years because uh, it's obscure. And... Uh, Actually, it's been year. It's been years since I think that I can remember talking about it. So it could I could have been talking about it yesterday? I think I referred to it recently, but we didn't get into it. So I have a dog named Koa. Koa is uh, I adopted her as an adult, though a long time ago, and she's somewhere around thirteen years old. But since I've had Koa, we got we got we have a hobby we do together. And you say, oh, running and playing ball. No, no, this is a relaxing hobby. Oh, fetch. No, no, this is a hobby for both humans and dogs. And it's a niche hobby. Only, it, like, it predates the Internet, but only made possible by the Internet. A lot of people are going to ask themselves, uh, wait a second, are you serious? And I say, well, uh, uh, yeah, I'd say there's a person who was, like, uh, I'd say, Yahoo, serious, uh they say, is this really your hobby, Scoots? And I say, well, I don't know. And it is a bit of a secret hobby, so don't go out there Googling this stuff just because, I don't know, there's, you know, just like every other hobby, you know, I'm not the best, I'm not, I'm not like, people think I'm joking. I say, well, I'm not, you know, I'm just doing the best I can as a human being. I haven't been a good person, you know, and I make my human choices. 
And so a lot of people in the community, the Knox community, they say, why you got to go, you know, mess it up for any, like, uh, talk about it. And I said, well, you know, maybe more people will like it. But, the, you know, people get, you know, people have the routine and they like it. So so to answer the main question, what, 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 uh, Koa, my dog, and I listen to recorded knocks. That is people knocking on doors. That is our hobby. And I will explain it more, but that's the simplest thing. We listen to people knocking on doors. Are they talking? No. Uh... But, yeah, we listen to people knocking on doors. It's like our hobby is listening to knocks. And you'd say, uh, like, you 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 wouldn't actually say you're flabbergasted, but you might be, you say, is there anything subtextual to this? uh, And I'd say, of course there is. Of course, why, like, uh, the knocks run deep, you know. And yeah, I have written, you know, knocks after, you know, they did have my own imprint within Gingerbread Press. It was a subprint because it wasn't directly connected to Gingerbread Press, which is my imaginary publishing house. But yeah, that was uh, like Knox After Dark, the Knox After Dark series. And uh, one we never were able to even imaginary release, knocking on heaven's door, like for so many reasons. Uh, there was a gas, you know, so I said, okay, we won't release that. Uh, and, uh, you know, Hollywood knocks, that was the most, that was the most least, the most famous never made, uh, piece of knock fiction, you know, professor Knox, uh, and that was like, uh, okay. But anyway, so let's not get into my sub hobbies, you know, postman knocks twice, uh, we changed, I, 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 that wasn't one of them, but I was just thinking out loud. Um, where was it? Okay, so yeah, we listened to recorded knocks. That's the important part, not the other stuff. Uh, and you said, wait, wait, he said, how? And I said, well, okay, we put, like for us, we like, uh, now you can listen to waves. You, those, these are different recorded audio. People record knocking. Now you say, okay, intentionally or unintentionally, you know. And I'd say, well, one, I say, I think, to be honest, we're on the cusp of an, another great uh, time to be a knock enthusiast. Uh, I forgot. That's what, what, that's a polite way of saying what we do. We're knock enthusiasts. Uh, we have an enthusiasm for knocking or listening to knocks, but you don't, you don't need to put the listening in there. Because I don't think all these uh, doorbell things, one, it, you can like you can split the audio track from the video track depending on what you know uh, encoding they're using, but I think with the inva- advancements in microphone technology and encoders and storage space, uh, that it won't be long until we're getting not I wouldn't say high fidelity audio, but we're I mean we're already getting some of that like that's what I mean like. Uh, because knocks are traded, knocks aren't bought. Uh, you trade knocks, and now knocks get traded karmically. Now, before I got into knocks, it was a bit like, uh, like once upon a time with like a uh, fish or Grateful Dead or other band, jam bands like that, or even non-jam bands. I mean, I bought like uh, you could buy them, like REM or other stuff. Neil Young, like uh, 
people would like they had like where people were allowed to tape their concerts, the Grateful Dead and Fish, and then they would trade. They'd say, "Well, if you have a show, I'll I'll trade you." Like we don't have, and, and I mean, a lot of tapers. They'd say, "Just send me blank tapes, and I'll send send it to you," or with postage or whatever. But um. So you would just trade the tapes. They called them trade. Yeah, I think I don't know. But but now it's more of a karmic thing where there'd be bulletin board types like website or a forum or a Discord, and people just post links where you can download the knocks. And I mean, you're supposed to like. And sometimes they say, "Hey, I'm looking for this particular knock. Can someone record it?" And you'd get good karma if you posted a knock, like. Uh, and people are very specific, I mean, Co and I included, because uh, part of the knock is uh, everything. Because you say, well, why would anyone in the right mind listen to someone not someone knocking on a door? Like I can hear some of the newer listeners saying, "Can you go through this again?" Even this makes no sense to me. And I say, "Yeah, uh, okay." Picture this. Uh, I'll give you an idealized. Uh, I, like uh, there I am, my dog and I. And it's, you know, an evening, I've had a rough day of recording shows and telling people to go, go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you over and over again. And I'm tuckered out, but not ready for bed. Not ready to start my wind down routine. I'm ready to kick back, man. And I got my PJs, Koa's had her dinner. We've taken, we haven't taken our last trip outside, but you know, and we're lying there. Maybe I already gave her some good pets. And we're looking to do something relaxing. So on, we'll fire up some knocks and we'll play a knock. And again, we could get into more. I can get into more of the details, but uh, I don't know. Like basically you'd play the knock and Co and I would look at either Co. you know, I can see, I can have like what I like to do. One of the things I like to do is form my own reaction to it but also watch Koa's reaction. And then it's like another ripple in the pond where then I'm having, then I can kind of uh, read into Koa's reaction because she may look at the speaker. She may look outside. She may look down. She might put her head down. She might put her head up. Her ears might move. Her nose might move. She might audibly react to the knock. Uh, and the same thing, like I can, and this really is a practice in mindfulness too. Like I can feel how I feel. Does it remind me of something? Am I tasting any memory? You know, am I having any sense memories? What am I feeling in my body? What am I hearing? But it is a lot of it for me, particularly, is imagination. Because you 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 either know what this person is knocking, and there's like you could get like a like a, you could go through like a knock tour. I don't know what episodes we've done before. Like, uh, you know, like, here's the thing. This this was like the person that probably had the most, uh, it used to be for a while, people would put, I don't know if it was in college or in your 20s, people would put up a poster with the doors of whatever, doors of Dublin, doors of uh, Amsterdam. And it would just be cool pictures of doors of Amsterdam and that's where I feel like the societal acceptance of knocking, knock enthusiasm. You say, well, you got to get, what do you mean? It's weird. You got to post your doors up on your wall. I mean, that's kind of like being, having a curiosity about the human body and then saying, well, yeah, no, I'm not, but not, not curious of, uh, 
you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, never mind, probably. But so, it, but someone did do that. Like, they went to those doors and knocked on them. So that is, like, one of the things, you, you like, to go back to the doorbell, the camera doorbells and stuff. So there are people, non-enthusiasts probably, I'm not one of those, but, like, they have, like, their doors constantly. No one's going to, like, for my door, I say, prefer if no one ever knocks on my door as an introvert and an overthinker. But a lot of knock enthusiasts are, you know, more well-adjusted than me. So they may be record. You say they're so well-adjusted, they're recording uh, their doors. But, they, yeah, they record when so, so they can catch knocks on their door. Or they might go around and they may, like, you. here's the thing. Don't record somebody's door without their permission because that's going to be. But you could ask. You can record from the inside or the outside. But then there's also people like, uh, and you could do that in like an improv way. Be like, hey, do you mind if I hang out and record your door? Or you could, um, this is a little bit more complicated, but it's done. It's following a delivery person around, probably not in the U.S. Like for some reason, and I mean, I, mean, I don't want to brag, but you know, most of the knock enthusiasts are, are living across the globe. So this is, you know, I don't want to make myself sound like, you know, French, but, uh, you know, like I'd say, you know, like of all the cool French pastimes for me to follow, uh, yeah, whatever, like, uh, it's not particularly French. I was just making kind of light of myself, you know, and trying to humble brag. But so, yeah, so people, they would follow delivery people around and I mean, and and then record them knocking on the door, uh, and it's just different. Um, but so whatever, like, uh, but there's also people that you, at this point you intentionally get knocks, and then you just ask, you knock on the door, and they say, "Do you mind if I record?" You have a beautiful. I mean, this is the easiest way to say it. Like, you have a beautiful front door. Do you mind me recording? audio of me knocking on your door I realize it sounds strange but it's just uh i mean to record it you don't have to explain the knock enthusiasm because that'll be you know the door will close you say this would take me two minutes if you want me to email you a copy of it i can but it's just you know i'm into recording field audio and uh i just want to get a recording of this beautiful door uh if you if you're doing it in a home to home and uh most people are pretty, you know, more than happy to allow it. Uh, I mean, you could, you, get, you could say your door's interesting. You know, you could pick it. Oh, like I just noticed these uh, panels here. Or people that are like more, have better recall than me, they say, that, did you know you have a, you know, a, a Thompson Zafini uh, front door? And uh, these were, you know, only made, uh, you know, those are the people that are really into it. And, and I can read, again, like... Uh, that's like where the beauty of the internet is. Like, I'm not even into that. Like, I say, okay, look, I want to know how Thompson's Zafini door makes me feel and where it brings me or where it is and can it take me there versus, uh, you know, like, 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 and that's not to take away from a person that, like, is like, well, this has a particular resonance and, you know, it's part of an era. And I say, okay, well, I want to feel that in my bones. Uh, I'm not. And I'm not a like I'm not a door enthusiast intellectual, or it, like that's a whole different thing. Um, 
or like, I don't know what's, what's different than in a, like, uh, is that, would that be a gadfly or, um, a wonk, like a door enthusiast wonk maybe is someone that's, you know, what they're like looking at fat, they're listening to door recordings in fact based, uh, ple- their pleasures fact based. I don't know. You, you know, so, so there's a lot of different ways to enjoy recorded knocks. That's what I'm saying. And yeah, it could be intentional or unintentional, planned, unplanned, recorded on the fly, recorded intentionally. No, no, let me, no, let me just say this. Like, if you're going to, like, uh, unintentional, like, if you're going to record, door, there is a way to do it without permission. And here's the thing. You should get a job, maybe as an independent contractor, because, I mean, you got to decide your own ethics, right? But if you're using, like, a lav mic that's, like, uh, inconspicuous, and you're also editing it, so so if you accidentally catch anybody, like, talking or singing or something, you just, you know, you, 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 no one wants any knocks anyway. We're not into, we're not here, we're not listening to knocks to listen to people. We're listening that to hear how the person knocks, who's knocking, you know. You know, it's more about the knocking. Anyway, so... Uh, trying to think of what else is important, but you could do that. Like, uh, in a lav mic, it's, uh, the downside is it's kind of like omnidirectional. So it picks up all the ambient noise, but usually if you're knocking, your body is like blocking the street noise. So I, don't know, I just want to say that cause it's not like it's ro- like, uh, it's a gray area, but you know, don't be recording people like don't grab like a boom mic and be recording people's doors. But with the internet, it's like almost like you have more knocks than you can handle, right? So, okay, so that's a little bit about Cohen's hobby, right? Uh, and again, are you are you kidding me? I say Cohen, I have like uh, we're knock enthusiasts. So, like uh, every once in a while on an evening, you know, we'll be lying around. But we hadn't done it. We hadn't done it in a while, and that's why I wanted to tell you the story. Like, it's not like I haven't talked about it. Like, uh, you know, you know, everybody has passing fancies with hobbies and, uh, they come and they go or your time for them comes and goes. And, uh, so the, here's the thing though. So like, uh, this one point, uh, Cole and I were out instead of listening to next, we were sitting outside and I was reading and Co was, uh, sitting around. I saw this what, like off of my dock that I was sitting on reading, I see a bottle bobbing in the water, right? Uh, it's just drifting by me on the tide and bumps up against the, and I see that. I said, is that a message in that bottle? And I, oh, I pull out the um, bottle and lo and behold, uh, a scroll is inside it, uh, and if you listen, you know, if you know me from listening to the podcast, you know that uh, just like I'm not an intellectual knock, knock enthusiast or knock and lose enthusiast. I mean, maybe gadfly just means you talk about it nonstop. So I probably am a gadfly, but I'm probably not a knock wonk. Uh, I'd like to be knock policy wonk. I mean, I did do some knock policy wonk talk there. So it's not actually policy, just probably best practices or, you know, I mean, again, there's probably someone probably like graduated from graduate grad school 
and they did their thingamajig. There's what is that called? Not a syllabus, but uh, the thing you need to submit to graduate thesis paper or whatever. And like the morality of Knox in the 18th century, or you know, or analog to digital, uh, the changing morality and ethics of Knox enthusiasts. Uh, now, don't come to me for interviews or stuff like that because I, you know, I can't do it. And then, two, they like the people said, Can you give me anyone else to interview? I said, No, it's kind of like a secret society. So. I can't give you any other. And they say, is it a secret society that lives within you? And I say, it could be, it could be if it's, but it's a secret. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Like the only way you could tell a knock enthusiast and you can't be a hundred percent sure. Well, you can be is if you're somewhere with someone you don't know and someone knocks on door and you watch that you react visibly, physically, uh, with keen interest it would be usually a door you're not involved in and they react with a visible keen interest. Then you lock eyes. Then you savor the knock because your keen interest, you know, it does take a, you, you, you know, it's not something you process instantly. And then you lock eyes again and then you probably laugh. Uh, like that's how, you know, it's never happened to me. And I don't think I would like to answer the next question, like of the knock knock romcon. I may make one day. It would be a romcon. I don't think. I don't know. Maybe like, uh, you know, one loves uh, this and one loves that, uh, but they both love knocks. Uh, will that be enough for them to find their way? Knock. I mean, I found my partner in listening to knocks, which is Koa. But I mean, not that I haven't fantasized about that. I mean, I'll be honest, like that. It's like, oh boy, our eyes meet, we laugh. Uh, and I said, wait a second, uh, you're into Knox, I'm into, and she, well, you know, we could be friends. And I said, great, just even in my uh, knock related fantasies. So, okay, so I pulled this bottle out of the water. That was my point, And I fumbled with it. Then I said, how do you even get a scroll out of a bottle? Like, uh, because I tried sticking my finger in there. That guy caught. Cole was just looking at me, you know. She Like, she gives me a look, which she does. And I do, oh, here we go again. Uh, another adventure in being a dog and watching my human trying to. Oh, the humanity, Cole would say, if she could put it to words. But she would mean the, the, the surplus that I have. So once I got the bottle off my finger... And I tried shaking it. That made the scroll unscroll a little bit, so I could definitely couldn't get it out of the bottle. Then I didn't want to rip it. I did not want to break the bottle because I have a dog, and uh, anybody knows, like, uh, like especially with me, like if we like, okay, if I could go somewhere six hundred miles away where there's not going to be any dogs, I'll break the glass. But otherwise, I can't effectively break glass without there being you know a tiny bit that one of us would step on. More likely, me. So, eventually, and then I tried a pencil, uh, then I tried, re- you know, I tried, what do they call that, Melody Beatty's, like, I, I tried reasoning with the bottle, I tried, I'll be honest, a little, I did try, like, I washed it a little bit with uh, Purell, I thought some suction would get that thing out, that didn't work, then I blew, then I pretended I was in a jug band for, like, 15 minutes, that was unrelated to that, just passing the time, Actually, no, I think it was helping me think of a solution. 
And uh, eventually what I used was uh, a pencil with the eraser end. And the eraser was able to have, you know, maintain the friction I needed to get this uh, scroll out uh, and re- kind of re-scroll it, get it up out of the bottle. And then I was ready for bed. Holy cow, after that. But then on top of it, it was it was a picture in, in, uh, of a door. But it wasn't just any door. It was like this door... That was absolutely these shades of twilight, uh, like uh, starting at the top, like uh, I guess what you would call indigo, and then different lavenders and purples and dark blues and navy, even blacks and grays, uh, and uh, like a co- like cosmic level door again, like with a matte finish, like kind of like a matte look to it, which is just my thing, man. I'm not. I mean, I like shiny doors, and I actually I love the sound of shiny doors because you know a gloss. Just to go on another tangent, uh, a gloss door or a matte door, but it would be a matte door with a little sheen to it. Like, but a glossy door. It could be a hard gloss or a soft gloss paint, you know, and I don't know anything about paint. Again, you know, that's for the knock, uh, whatever, knock expert, not explaining. You know, I'm not, I can't even not explain successfully, but I, you know, just, but I guess that's, we're not enthusiasts to explain anyways. But so, because you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, just like a, like a, you know what I'm saying? Like, it could be like an acrylic-y paint. I don't know if acrylics is the heart of the soft one. So when I see a shiny door, it does excite me. But I'm also into matte, man, like matte doors. Uh, so this was, it looked like a matte. Again, it was only a picture, and it looked like it was cut out of something. And uh, and I kept it, uh, to be honest. I put it in a frame. I put it up, uh, it, well, I put it... <laughs> Just to be, let's be real. Like, uh, at first I put it somewhere where I, of my pile of things I may one day frame. Then I realized I was cleaning out my pile of frames that I was holding for the things that would one day be framed. Then I framed it, and then I put it in the pile of things uh, which would one day be hung. I mean, never to be hung, but one day maybe they'll be hung. But you know where I was hung? Like with, uh, like, uh, like, prominently, it was on my heart. You know, not on my heart. Like, uh, when your your enthusiasm, heart, your love, your what you're a fan of, right? And so, I thought about the door. I wondered what the knock would sound like, uh, and then eventually, like, this is where you get into, like, I mean, this is no accident. Obviously, like, this is something more. But some time passed, and then Co and I were out there again, and this bottle bobbed by, and uh, it was uh, like another bottle. I said, oh, there's a bottle. And then that one had, uh, what is that thing called, the USB stick in there, inside of like a plastic bag. uh, So it was like kind of double protected, and the plastic bag, it was taped too. And I said, well, that's interesting. And uh, that thing, I mean, I, I, if I had like five hours uh, to explain, you know, that would be the how long it took me to get that thing out of there. 
It's interesting how you can get something wedged in the neck of a bottle, but it doesn't always want to come out. Uh, but uh, was it was, uh, you know, uh, silicone spray uh, that probably added two hours. I think it eventually enabled me to get it out. Uh, you know what? I, actually, I'll just be honest with you. What enabled me to get it out was like someone said, uh, fill the whole thing up with it. And I said, what are you, the, the bird in the jar with the stones? Like they said, fill it up with olive oil. And I said, uh, huh. uh, and that worked that like, it didn't work at first. Well, that worked like, because it once it was jammed in the neck, uh, it, cause it was only, ha- I don't know. It didn't, it, it made it, yeah. It, so I didn't, wasn't able to get it out myself, uh, but I was able to get to a solution with help from somebody else. And I, I, like part of me, I guess, hoped uh, what was going to be on that SD card. But mostly I was like, huh, I wonder if this would be like, what is this? I said, maybe like, uh, and then the person that helped me said, can I borrow your computer? And they said, why? I said, well, uh, and they said, well, I got an old computer. Because I said, I'm making a stick, a USB stick in the podcast computer. So we went to somewhere, you know, where we had, you know, public Wi-Fi from a business, you know, <laughs> and, uh, started up their computer and opened it up. And of course there was only one thing on there and it said the door, uh, wave. And they said, Oh boy, uncompressed audio. And so I played it and it was, a, it was a not, and, and the person I was with said, what, what is it? What is that? Uh, it, they thought it was, uh, what do you call that? Like sonar? They said, is that some sort of deep sea? And I said, no, no, that's a knock. Someone's knocking on a door. And they said, who? And I said, uh, he said, it sounds like a child. Like, uh, he said, if I'm guessing a young female child, uh, I don't know, like I'm not good at ages, but like uh, somewhere between four and 12 and uh, I said, uh, you know, their hands closed to like a fist, but they're using their, you know, whatever you call those four knuckles. And I was like, that's a triple rap, uh, rap, rap, rap. Uh, then a pause, rap, rap, rap. Uh, and then another pause and then a palm. And they said, what do you think it means? And I said, uh, I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, I mean. And they said, well, what do you think? They said, my gut reaction? And they said, yeah. And I said, the palm, uh, and I said, in this moment, my I said, that is that maybe they have to, to pee a little bit, but not, uh, I said, the first two raps were very official. I said, but I said, I, you know, it's a young person knocking, so either they're by themselves or they're taking the lead. And, uh, they said, how do you know? And I said, well, you could do, I said, can you, can you do some general estimates of size and weight and height and stuff? Uh, I said, I've been doing this a while. And they said, what are you, a knock detective? And I said, well, right now, I think right now, yes. Uh, and then I went and I, you know, I obviously took out the picture. I found the picture of the door. And I looked at it and I listened to this knock. Uh, and uh, I said, uh, okay, uh, this is, I mean, now there's no way to know, right? Because uh, I'm not with that door. But, you know, my, at least in my mind, I fused those two things together. And 
we had, I mean, I did have a mystery on my hands. The other person got over it. They said, okay, it didn't download anything on my computer, right? I said, no, no, it doesn't look like it. Uh, and, uh, it said, it does look like there was some swamp water. And, and the, I said, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, so I went home or, or well, I guess I was already home in the other part of the, this story and I knew I needed help, which of course, like I said, the not community, no, it's anonymous. I mean, not a hundred percent anonymous, not like, uh, it's more secretive, but not in a secret, like in a way of like, uh, for fun and for privacy. And I don't want to call it a not quorum because I'm not exactly sure what quorum means, but I needed the help of uh, like, uh, I, you know, I started posting, uh, like, uh, Sir Naxalot, uh, like that's not my handle, but I, I just thought of that one. That would be someone that record, like a delivery person would be a good Sir Naxalot, uh, or if Sir Mixalot was into Nox, I guess like that would be a good for Sir Mixalot. But so I posted, I said, Hey, I got this knock mystery, knock conundrum. And, uh, people, you know, I told the story and people said, well, you know, of course, like people that, you know, I don't get along with, they said, well, how do you know they're the same? And I said, thanks anyway. Now the first piece of feedback I got, which was, uh, should have been obvious, but it wasn't to me was like, do you still have the bottles that, uh, the things came in because they posted. I said, "Listen, I got a knock, one knock, one recorded knock, not one knock, uh, but that's what we call it, one knock, like one knock session, like a single. You know what I'm saying? Like that's one knock, or you'd say a set of knocks is like a group of recordings of knocks, single knock." Uh, in in a, in a knock is a, is what what you might be thinking when I say a knock. But this person knocking on the door, that was a knock. Even though it was knock, knock, rap, 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 rap splat, uh, or splat, or whatever you want to say. Okay, so I explained all that. Searched the, the door. People did an image search. They couldn't find the, the door. But they said, okay, what about the bottles? Uh, and uh, the second bottle... In order to fit, I think the USB cord was was a bust. It was like a local bottle from TJ's of all places, because it had that uh, the the um, whatever where you can put you can plug your own jug. But the first bottle, it had it was it was clean, so we didn't have anything on it, and uh, it didn't. It had a couple like. Uh, like uh, ridges around the bottom, but no like writing or, or anything that I could find. So people said, okay, like, don't worry. There's like bottle enthusiasts. Uh, and so then we had to reach out to another community. So we had, it was kind of fun. And this was like uh, 2020. So like people were comfortable with Zoom now. So people were into it, man. Like, uh, so we're, I was posting in the bottle I take a, then people said, take a picture of it during the day with sunlight filtering. And eventually people said like, okay, I, we have an idea of where the bottles are from. And then and imagine a community coming together on this. 
And I would assume there's a lot of librarians and researchers into these different hobbies because uh, the power of the people, like, uh, and so they figured out that uh, where the bottle was made, where the bottle was distributed, what it was in there, and where it was sold, uh, the more, most likely areas. Now, this did create a bit of a goose chase uh, because then everybody said, okay, these are the biggest urban areas. And I don't want to give away anything. Uh, and even the people that knew me, that did, like, like only by my knock pro, you know, by my knock life, uh, they knew me well enough to be like, are you sure this isn't like a, a doorway to a Northern European Institute they want to study you at? Because of my, my, you know, my takes on Knox. Uh, and I said, could be. They said, but it would be nicer if they sent me a plane ticket or whatever, you know. Uh, but they did have trouble, again, like the door, because it was not a, a high-quality photo. There was a lot of dis back and forth on, like, uh, there's these four panels on the door, like a four-paneled front door, clearly it was that, to a, like a, a home or a flat or an apartment, uh, that it was that. Uh, and I said, oh, boy, this is exciting. Uh, and then they said, okay. And eventually uh, someone's just figured out, like, okay, like, let's just look at, like, maybe the bottle, maybe there's something else about the bottle, like, uh, that we're missing. Because everywhere that the people were guesstimating what the doors were. There was no Venn diagram crossover. Like they were in two different parts of the world, even their distributions. And so they said, okay, this is like a, the bottle is intent. Everybody believed the bottle was intentional. And they said, well, maybe the second bottle was intentional too. And they said, okay, so like only places like uh, the person obviously bought a bottle at Trader Joe's. They had this other bottle, but and, and and you know some people are like maybe you're you know jumping too far, and they said have you been sitting out there, uh, and then someone said well they must know because it, the, then people looked up the tides where I was and they said those tides are moving too fast uh, for it to be random, and they said is there any chance that somebody have a crush on from Trader Joe's in the past and, uh, and they said probably not. Uh, and I said, okay, well, okay, that's, uh, but they said they, they must know you're there uh, when you were. And they said, have you been sitting? I said, yeah, I've been sitting out there waiting for another clue. And then people were like, well, they know you're looking, like they're probably in this community right now. And I said, really? Like, uh, that's interesting. And so I said, okay, so we, we, we again, like when, when I kind of like, uh, like, where is this door? Oh, that was the goal. I guess uh, the goal is for me to find this door. I don't know why. I don't know why it took me so long to explain that. I think it was obvious. Like, I felt like I was being called to knock on this door, right? Where I wanted to see the door. Uh, and again, like I said, okay, so... I said, okay, so we have, like, a general idea of places with Trader Joe's... Places this door could have been sold, and maybe that we have to assume that the person traveled and held this bottle, but there is some tra like clue in the bottle, maybe. And uh, 
And then I said, what about uh, the stock? And this was me. I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to brag, but because uh, maybe everybody knew it already and they were waiting for me to come to it so that I would have some control over my fate. But I said, what about this painting style? Can we find anything else? Is, is this a signature painting style of anyone? And so then everybody started looking for that. And then we did, again, like the cross-referencing. Now, one thing we figured out and that we were saying is like uh, uh, towns or cities in the United States with the Trader Joe's with the name, like the name or a street or a prominent thing of the city the bottle was from. Either the bottle was made in or one of the cities the bottle was bought in. Also, we did figure out that both of them contained ginger ale. I don't think that was like, other than it would be something I would drink, right? Root beer, ginger ale. Okay, so eventually, this is where we had our breakthrough, right? Was that uh, we did have, we did find the painter, right? Uh, and they, like, that fit. We found someone that painted, not doors in that style, but had that painting style. And, uh, that had like, so we found someone that had a connection. So, so all the stars were aligned, I guess is what I'm saying. And I said, okay, well, um, maybe I'll take, I said, maybe I'll stop making the podcast. And I mean, this was in my head and I'll take a sabbatical and go there and, you know, be a gumshoe and just, you know, start trying, you know, cause the plan was like, uh, to interview the person who did the door. And I contacted them and I said, have you like, is this paint? Did you? And they said, Oh yeah, I probably painted that door. Um, as a matter of fact, I can remember painting that door and I painted two of them. And they told me like, uh, that the first one they painted. Now this is even more interesting. And they said, it's kind of ironic. Like it was, uh, is used in a, uh, like a, what do you call that? Like a, like a place where you go to stay when you're traveling in the same city that the bottle of ginger ale was sold outside of the U.S. But they said that place doesn't exist anymore and the door doesn't exist anymore with it. Uh, and it was lost. Uh, and then I, they said I painted another one and, uh, it was weird. A person came in and, uh, you know, they they said, can you paint this door? Uh, and uh, they said, like, that's all the information I have. Like, and they said, we can't, and they said, I can't, you know, I can't disclose this professional, whatever, or compact. Uh, and they said, could you tell me if they were local? And they said, uh, I think the door is being used locally. And this is somewhere in um, part, like part of the U.S. I wasn't in, but that I could get to. So I said, okay, well, I guess I don't know what I'm going to do. And I figured I could go there. Maybe my initial plan, like a lot of times uh, what happens to solve problems and sleep with me, uh, whether it's a character or me as a character, is like my plan was just go there to where the person worked painting and spend time with them and be like, until you tell me who you sold this door to, I get it. But I'll be your side. You know, I'm going to be at your side uh, 24-7 or, you know, except when I'm asleep, uh, and eventually you'll tell, you'll, you'll, you know, eventually you'll want me to, you know, th- that, uh, 
you know, there's only so much scoots you can handle in IRL. Uh, so I, so I said, well, let me go out there and just meet the person, ask them politely before I, you know, annoy them. But I also was, I kind of felt a little strange about it. But then what happened? But another bottle came when Co and I were sitting outside and it was like a map, uh, that eventually now with the internet, it wasn't too hard to figure out, uh, like, uh, using landmarks that it was in this area, uh, and it was like out in, you know, the rural area outside of this small city where this person was based, this painter that also had an overlap with all these doors and stuff or the bottles and whatever. And, uh, that this was a map, like somewhere out of town and it had a code on the bottom and, uh, like, uh, so whatever, like, uh, I flew there. And, you know, this is the kind of area where I kind of feel like I start to get really excited. And everybody was excited about it. Uh, I didn't tell anybody the code, obviously. Like, I hid that because I said, I don't want anybody going there first. But so, uh, you know, I went to this town, rented a car, drove, following. I mean, now we had made a map based on the map. But then there was, like, part of the map that went behind this fence, uh, which is private property. And we drove, I drove to the fence, uh, and the fence said, you know, only people, the private property, only co- 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 like uh, people that hold the code. Uh, you know, so I put the code in, gate opened up, I drive to, through this gate, and then there's a parking area. And I brought everything I needed, like a water, you know, food, a phone, all that kind of stuff. Uh, everybody, like people knew where I was. Uh, I put an AirPod in my, my shoe. So I had, you know, I had all the bases covered. And so um, then there was a hike and I hiked and then I went to a cave. And then uh, like I went to, like into this cave and then in the middle of the cave, uh, not that far back, and the cave was already, like, had these purples and stuff. Uh, there was a well, and the well had a thing, like, a bucket uh, and whatever. And I said, okay, well, and I feel like, I, luckily, I had a loose change on me because I, did, I didn't like the way my breath spelled at some point during the drive, and I only had, like, I bought gum with money, which was a rare, you know, the odds, all that. So then I threw some money down in the well, and uh, then I, like, heard somebody, like, uh, like I heard him hit the ground, you know. And then I sent the well thing down, and then I tugged, and, like, someone tugged it. Uh, so I said, holy cow, this is, uh, and then I pulled it up, and there was a key in the bucket. And I said, okay. And then I said, Andy, you goonie. And no one, like, there was no answer to that. Because probably no one got the reference because uh, it's like a dated one. And then I said, okay, well, what do I do next? I have a key. And it was like an old-fashioned key. And I said, hopefully there's a secret door somewhere. And eventually I found one. It wasn't that complicated. But there was like a, like as I started looking around, I had a flashlight. Uh, like I saw something that kind of looked like a door. And there was like something like a lever near it, like like a rock. But if you pushed it down, the door like slid open, like out of the movies. And behind that 
like fake uh, stone door was this purple door and it had the key thing and so then i put the key first i got carried away i put the key in and i said whoa 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 and then i took my phone out and i knocked on the door just out of excitement and then um like uh and then like i said oh wait a second then i knocked uh, and then actually it was funny because i actually had to um like it had like a, like a Coke Zero and stuff. So I said, like, wait a second, I kind of got to pee. Like, uh, and I didn't want to pee. Like I said, what if somebody's watching me in this cave, you know? So I was holding it because I was trying to figure out like, oh, someone has a code and whatever. So then I knocked on the door like in the recording. And then this was the greatest surprise ever. The door opened uh, and behind the door was like... Uh, like all these like uh, listeners of the podcast uh, and people from the not community who had organized it, uh, and my daughter and I. Oh, you're the one that was knocking, and uh, they said like uh, like a surprise, uh, and they said holy cow, and it was actually like a birthday surprise, and they said, uh, and they said, we read your pitch to me, Owl Wolf. Like, uh, and then I said, well, yeah, this doesn't seem like super exciting, but they said, uh, so we decided to to do it for you, uh, and uh, and then they said, but it gets better than that, uh, like, uh, and we went out of the cave. Uh, I mean, we had a party in there with uh, kinds of pizza and desserts and stuff, but then. I mean, it turns out there's like a secret billionaire that listens to sleep with me and is a knock enthusiast, obviously. And they had a a, a knock sculpture garden, uh, which is tough to kind of explain uh, because some of it was like uh, w- w- some was structures. So it was like indoor and outdoor gardens and stuff. Uh, but like with all these doors that had meaning to them or that they had commissioned artists to do. And we walked through there and I was like, oh, this is like the kind of my idea of like the dream door society, which hopefully now that I've recorded this, you'll hear, you'll hear more about it. You'll have heard more about it. Uh, and we would knock on the door. We just had fun, like going through and looking at art and, uh, and a lot of people say, was well, any of this even real, Scoots? And I said, well, if it makes, you know, then we all like lied down together and listened to every, like, uh, like someone was going around knocking on the doors. So, like instead of a campfire tales, we just listened to campfire knocks in the distance and we all fell asleep together and it was wonderful. Good night, everybody.